Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. What's going on, everybody? Dr. Homebrew. We are back with another episode, of course, because that's why you're hearing my stupid voice. It's what we do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have a good show for you today, as always. We have an Imperial Rye Black IPA, which, number one, gets high marks from me already because it's not called Cascadian Dark Ale. Um, this is Black IPA, so will always be Black IPA. Fuck the Pacific Northwest. I've also had a lot of smoke beer, <laughs> so also, um, I can say yeah. these things. <laughs> We're going to go big or go home at this point. Yeah, exactly. Like, whatever, dude. I don't really, you know, I don't really care anymore. Uh, it is black uh-huh. IPA, but a rye black IPA, I've had this a couple times. I think Rogue was the first one that I had. It's very good. It's a cool style. So um, normally I don't really, you know, fuck with uh, black IPAs, but the, the rye version, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested. I'm also interested the, the in that. The Firestone, like the Wookie Jack, you know, that's that's a good beer. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's IPA. true. I mean, anything Firestone does is going to be good for sure. Um, and then we have a commercial beer, which is a, a cold IPA slash IPL, which, uh, you know, I don't. We're going to call it I don't a know cold that. IPA. Just okay, because. we're going to call it a cold. Thank you very much, because IPL is like, uh, uh, I don't know, stupid. Well, that's, that's yeah, I think the, the one that we're going to taste was brewed originally as an IPL before the term cold IPA came into vogue. But it is yeah. actually an, it is actually a cold IPA. Okay. All right. Well, that's fair. Um, but before we do that, before we get to the homebrew and the homebrew, of course, I want to thank our sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. You go to fivestarchemicals.com today, immediately right now. That's the thing about the internet. It's just always on. So you don't have to wait till the shop opens or whatever. You just go. Wait, it's always on? It's always on. You didn't know that, Brian? Jeez. Oh, geez Louise. What's and happening at 3 a.m. that I'm not getting the internet? Too much, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you can go there and learn about the best ways to clean and sanitize your homebrew, which, of course, PW, Star Sand, all that kind of stuff, Sandy Clean. Uh, but if you want more information, if you want to go deeper than that, you can sign up for their homebrew club. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com slash homebrew hyphen club hyphen program, or there's a link on their website, of course, and you can join their homebrew club program. And with that, you get monthly emails with like discounts, uh, stuff before it even hits the market, like test, you know, test samples of stuff like that. Uh, you get informational seminars, a whole bunch of stuff. Five Star really wants to keep you abreast of what's going on in the cleaning and sanitizing world because that next to fermentation is the most important thing you can really do. So be sure to visit them. Thank them for the uh, sponsorship. If you're going to HomebrewCon, stop by their booth. Thank them very much. Um, the ladies at Five Star are very kind to us, and so go get them beers. If you go there and you're like, hey, can I get you something? Because they're stuck working at the booth the whole time. That's no nobody likes that. It's no fun. Yeah, I'll be definitely visiting them when I'm down there in San Diego. And uh, yeah, mule them beers, bring them gifts, bring them beer, yeah. lavish them with gifts from the homebrew world. Anyway, today we have Ben. Ben, welcome to the show. Hey guys, how you doing, man? Doing good. Thanks for waiting, man. We uh, you know we we got you on late because we had Matthias from Schlinkerla on, and uh, you know hopefully it was worth it. He didn't have much to say. <laughs> it's kind of a boring dude, right? Doesn't have a gift of gab. We had to coax every comment out of him. Yeah, no yeah. information at all. Such an such an engaging and 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 wonderful speaker. So I I again yeah. sorry that we we kind of moved you a little bit later for that, but man, it's an opportunity you don't typically have to have someone from Germany to just freely give out information for two plus hours straight. Yeah, after he worked a full day at the pub. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on, on a Sunday. Yeah. 
So it was great. Anyway, Ben, thanks, man. Thanks for joining us. And thanks for sending us beer. Yeah, yeah, no worries. So today we're drinking your Imperial Rye Black IPA. Is this something you've approached before? Yeah, I, I do variations of this from time to time. Okay. All right. That's cool, man. Uh, so this is uh, something. Now, every once in a while, I remember what the point of the show was. <laughs> um, is this something you want like uh, like help with uh, maybe recipe or if there's an off flavor? Or are we talking more about what, I mean, not what category to put it in, right? Because it's sort of its own category. Or what's um, what, well, what, what should we be looking for here? Uh, um off flavors for sure if you taste anything you know wrong with it um it is a little bit of a a category question um okay. this this version of it um i wondered if it might fit somewhere else i i okay. did some changes to it and I, we can probably talk about that after you guys okay. run through your score sheets that's fair absolutely okay we'll be on the lookout for that um char you want to go ahead and uh, kick us off here dude well i i sure will so Ben, thank you for sharing this beer with us. I, I appreciate that a lot. Um, we'll, we'll definitely talk about style stuff. I thought it was really, I'll start off saying it's a great beer. I, I enjoyed this a lot. I'll give you an overall impression at the beginning. I, I thought it was real tasty, very aromatic, flavorful. Uh, yeah, no, I can smell no, it from right here, just pouring yeah. it in the glass. It's like the, the hops are awesome. Yeah, they, they really are. Yeah. So the, the and this is a beer that benefits from being out for a while, out, out of the fridge. You know, I... I uh, a gentleman was very kind to mule this over to me from Jason's house last night. I didn't put it in the fridge till about midnight last night. <laughs> in a way, I feel like I shouldn't have put it in the, the fridge at all because I had it out for about an hour, you know, hour and a half before I started to judge this. And I, I think it really, really improved overall. The uh, To be able to be out of the fridge for a while and to taste it and to not have off flavors or off aromas, that, that's an achievement. So aroma is malty and uh, spicy with obvious rye notes. Rye has a very distinctive spicy character, and I definitely got that in the aroma. Uh, medium hop aroma with kind of an herbal fruity citrus uh, note. Uh, and as it warms up, it, got, it gets definitely more citrusy. Uh, initially, I was thinking more herbal, and it came back to it 45 minutes, 60 minutes later, and it came out much more citrus which I think is probably what you wanted. Uh, no off, off aromas at all, 9 out of 12. Appearance, it's very dark brown, essentially black. You'd probably call this an imperial hazy black uh, rye IPA. Uh, you probably enter it twice. You know, One is normal and one is hazy. Oh, who knows? But it, it's it, you, all, there's never a beer that's totally black because totally black color doesn't exist in the color spectrum. And it's just a matter of how dark brown it is. And I, I could get pedantic about all that. But, uh, <laughs> oh, really? Are you I, I, me? me getting pedantic about Doesn't anything? Sound like I mean, you. Come yeah. on. That's not a thing I do. But no, th- this is a, the color's phenomenal. It's great. The the head is extremely persistent, uh, sort of a, a medium, medium brown color, darker than tan, but it's not like a, a total dark brown, brown color head. Uh, three out of three for appearance flavor. The uh, malt character dominates initially, followed by uh, some hop flavor of definitely citrus uh, and somewhat tropical hop. Sorry, nice, nice dead air as I as I managed to sip again. Don't worry about it. But yeah, I, it's... Um, I would have cut that out. As it gets warmer, that citrus and tropical character gets more and more apparent. And it really is... Yeah. That, that's a good achievement because in a lot of dark beers... No matter what style they are, the citrus and fruity, the citrus hops don't always work real well. They fight the dark malt sometimes, but kind of going on to later on the flavor, this is not a roast malt beer, right? This is a, this is a black IPA. I don't get roast or toast out of this. I get a little bit of dark malt flavor, but not, not that roasty toasty kind 
that really fights with the the sea hops and Which the citrus. Is what you should be getting. I think a yeah, uh, exactly. I think a lot of people once the style sort of started growing, it was roasty. It's like this is not. Yeah, it's not. And good. that's I think I think that's what killed Black IPA. I agree. Black IPA had yes. uh, had a great back in black from the two one A. That was phenomenal. There were a few other ones that were great, but people tried to do this commercially on a homebrew level, and they that roast malt that roast malt doesn't match with a lot of things. Yes, and that was a time when the citrus hops were super popular before the sort of the tropical, you know, Pacific Island, New Zealand hops kind of came out. And that citrus and roast just doesn't work. I, I brewed one myself, and I'm like, I, I poured half of it out. It, it didn't didn't work. But this uh, does. This works. This works super good. Yeah, uh, and that's because the color and the flavor is not a roast toast dark malt. There is like a, it's not a super dark malt focused beer, but you get some of that character. I, I'm not sure how I could, if I'm explaining this right, I do get a little, I do get a little bit of dark malt flavor, but it's not roast or toast. And that's why this beer works. Yeah. It's almost like, um, like sharp, like bitter chocolate, but not chocolate, but it's that, yeah. it's the, it's the, the bitter quality of, of like a cocoa or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I get that maybe with there's the sweetness in there. And I, I'm going to guess there's some chocolate or pale chocolate malt in here because yeah, I would guess too. That's I such mean, a great malt for so many reasons, and it it doesn't have the roast or the toast, and that's the stuff you get to that level of roasting of the malt, and something in that flavor just clashes with the uh, with the citrus. But it's like if you have like a, a chocolate, like a piece of chocolate, you go to the candy store. Like like the good candy store where you you, you don't go very often because it's freaking expensive. Look at Shark. You when your yeah, grandma you get, gives you a nickel and says, "Go to the candy store." I I had five. Bring bees. me the change. <laughs> he used to say five bees for a nickel. You put an onion on your belt have, back in the day. It was a style. You can uh, afford but, as many chocolate bars as you want. That's right. Square. You go to like a good chocolate store with candy and the cho- the dark chocolate and orange works. And I, I think like people it. tried that with, with black IPA and the carrot, because roast malt is different from dark chocolate. Uh, the, the, Jason, that's, that's your point. I think, I think I you're see what right. You're saying. Yeah. It that, needs to be a milk chocolate. If yeah, you do with the, like with like the a sweet. cocoa or something yeah. that's that with, with, citrus is different from a roast malt with citrus and i get much more of the candy kind of chocolate with citrus with this than i would with a dark malt with citrus so there's no off flavors here it's well attenuated bitterness uh maybe a little bit low for an ipa i think it balances uh, i might have wanted maybe a little bit more bitterness but that's kind of a quibble you know it's overall i think it's, it's probably probably okay you know, well attenuated uh Finish is long and balanced. Uh, I don't get a, I don't get as much rye flavor in this as I did in the aroma, but still, it, it tastes great. Fifteen out of twenty for flavor. I think that's still still pretty good. Five out of five for mouthfeel. Body's medium high, medium carbonation, definitely warming uh, for a beer that's this big. I, I get and, and for IPA, it's more creamy than astringent. You know, it's more creamy than perky. This is just a really smooth drinking. I think very, very well balanced beer. And I, I appreciate that a lot. Uh, overall impression eight for a total of 40. Uh, this is a rare time Cooper and I did not coordinate. So I'll be curious what Cooper says. <laughs> we're usually like a point apart, even though we're without anything, uh, without any previous co- communication. I like this beer a lot. There's no off flavors. The rye is present, it's noticeable. 
but it's not overwhelming. Sometimes right people want to just make that statement with rye, and it becomes a hell of a mash that and a you know twenty hour brew day and crazy stuff like that. It, it's present in the aroma. I get it in the flavor. I might want a little more flavor of rye, so I might suggest upping the rye. If I had a suggestion, up the rye a little bit, and also up the hot bitterness a little bit because I, I love this beer. It's an imperial IPA. And it's a 40. I mean, 40 is ex- excellent, right? It's, it's a good score. Anything in the 40s is good. This is a really, really good beer. In competition, if you wanted to, to really beat the category and go to best of show, I might up the bitterness some and up the rye some. But man, you you have this pretty much dialed in. This is this is close. And I think it's easily something that could be you know, at least advanced to best of show and advanced in the category to first place as it is. So thank you very much for sharing with us. I, I really enjoyed drinking this and I'll, I'll probably drink some more of this. While, uh, well, actually, we'll drink more of this while Cooper is talking about it. There okay. we go. All right, Coop. All right. Let's do um, it. Yeah. Show them how it's done. Yeah. So the, getting into the aroma. Yeah. It does have a pleasant, rich malt. I'm getting a, a very light. I, and this was before I started tasting smoked beers, a light smoky element to it. Um, just a light kind of phenolic edge, uh, but not medicinal or like, you know, uh, you know, defective kind of uh, uh, phenolic flavors, uh, but just from the, the richness of the dark malt in there. Um, you know, medium low esters, ale esters, clean ale going on here. Um, medium citrusy resiny hops. I was getting more kind of on the resiny side than you know some citrusy, but more leaning towards the classic sea uh, hops, that kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, there's there's a little bit of an edge to the nose that is. I keep grasping at what it might be. I don't know. There's like a uh, a chocolatey beanie, you know, um, cocoa-y character to it. I almost wondered if there was like a faint acetaldehyde or something like a pumpkin skin in the nose. There was something just a little sharp in there that's other than hops and malt, uh, but I'm not convinced it's acetaldehyde. I, I'm debating that in my head still. But the spiciness is medium in the nose, uh, just a nice, you know, kind of medium, light, spicy, rye quality. Um, I know <clears throat> I know what you're saying, just to interrupt, because yeah, I've had beers. Um, sharp. Yeah, I, I I see what you're saying, and I think that's part of, going back to what Shar said, I think that's sort of part of why Black, black IPA isn't, as popular anymore because because the I think the dark malts with those bright hops can play different ways and the different flavors can blend and it's it it can produce something that isn't a flaw like I agree it's not acetaldehyde no but it's almost there's a, there can be almost a, like a sweet tartness it's like kind of, there's an edge it's like I think, ampl- amplified resin it's like just like there's something in a you know you're you're getting to the yeah like you know how sometimes like dark dark chocolate can be too dark and it's almost like it just sucks the moisture out yeah it's like and that's not what i'm saying the flavors in this beer but there is a component where sometimes if you maybe can have too much of a thing it goes over and turns into a new thing so maybe that combined with the new school hops sort of creates its own flavor thing that's reminiscent of a green apple but it's not and as i was smelling it it's like okay this is an imperial that's probably just it's a spicy alcohol yeah. And when I get into the flavor, it's going to be harsh and, and gnarly, but in the flavor, it's not, it's different. Uh, but I'll get to that. I, um, I think you're right. I think it's, I think it's imperial. I think it's a con- concentration of the darker malts with the increase in the sort of uh, resiny hops yeah. that's combining in a funky way. I think that um, makes a lot of sense. But I agree with you. It's not a flaw. I don't think it's a fermentation issue or, or anything like that. Yeah. This beer is very uh, dark, but it, and it's pretty much opaque. 
it, it does look fairly hazy to me. Um, I, I don't see it clear at the corners like you do on a, you know, a well-clarified dark beer, but it might just be that we recently transported these beers like yesterday and um yeah i might have been tipping sideways in my uh, beer fridge out there so yeah it, it got it got to probably, my house at like yeah. six six or seven last night and it got in my fridge yeah. at midnight so yeah, there's probably some, there are easily some transport issues with this beer we'll give you the benefit of the doubt we'll call it clearish but we don't know because it's so dark uh it looks a little hazy but the head's okay stays very well uh, medium tan colored head. The head is actually really nice. It's well formed. It's tight bubbles. Then in the flavor, yeah, just there's this really nice hoppy presence, citrus, and and some resin. And the you know citrus kind of pops out a little more in the flavor. Clean, rich, malty quality here. Um, it's not burnt at all in the flavor. I, nice job keeping it clean and not um, rough. But what I do get is a pretty rich cocoa like uh, chocolatey flavor. Um, the dark malt here is not expressing like just, okay, we just used a little bit of Carafa 3 here to color it, and that's all we did, and it's just enough to make it a little bit dark Hold and on. brown. Why is but, my uh, phone Yeah, the, the Carafa 3, behave. I mean, it, it, it's got a use, but... I'm not a hold fan on, hold of Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I can't, like, turn my phone off. Throw it, throw it. Jesus Christ. I, whatever. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of making, like, a regular IPA and adding care of a three and calling it a black IPA. You know what I mean? Right. But there's, there's plenty of malts that you can use that are more on the chocolate side, like we're talking about, that are, you know, give you the color, but give you some flavor. Anyway, Brian, I'm sorry. Sorry to butt, butt into your judging part. I'm never working with you again, Brian. Damn it. Uh, it's all my fault. That I'm logging <laughs> off right now. You just interrupted my mojo, bro. That's not cool. No, sounds real gross, too. Cool. Uh, okay. Yeah. JP. <laughs> um, okay. Back to the flavor considerations. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty smooth considering all that's going on here. The the very substantial alcohol strength that is here. It's it's leaning towards slightly hot, but really not too harsh. Um, you know, just a really warm malt, cocoa-like. Um, the fruitiness is kind of there, but it's a little subdued. It's not like raisiny or, you know, anything like that. It's just kind of, there's enough bitterness there to keep it balanced. Uh, but most of the bitterness seems to be coming from the malt. And since it's richness of rich, dark chocolate, uh, it's not ashy. I'm getting a lot of like umami in this beer. And I don't know if it's from, if there's yeast in suspension, but there's like a lot of an umami, like kind of medium high meatiness to it, like a richness. Yeah. Yeah. That might be meatiness. yeast roused into suspension. Maybe it's a, a bottle conditioned beer and we just abused it and shook it up too much. That, that's a good point. It's not like it's umami, but it's not like, like soy sauce and soy sauce is like, that no. tells you there's yeast, yeast autolysis and it's old. Yeah. But it's a different type of umami, and I totally agree with you on yeah. that. It's not like oxidized bad umami. It's actually kind of good with the flavors that are going on here. So, what I used to get in my like imperial porter recipe when I was first started working on it was um, Kalmata olive, mm -hmm. where you have you have too much of that dark malt. It That's becomes a great that descriptor. tart Kalmata olive like thing, and it's like you, you it's unmistakable well it's that's I, I love kalamata yeah. olives yeah. but that's there. not a thing you should have in beer and that's a great descriptor for that thank you it's like briny yeah whatever but and the, but this isn't this, this isn't is that the, again and it's like it, it you know it, you, you need that balance that deft hand of of the malt which i think again is where a black ipa fell apart as a style because everyone tried to push it too far yeah uh, this beer it finishes a bit uh you know kind of kind of medium sweet not not dry but like between semi-dry and medium sweetness um but yeah the alcohol definitely plays a big part there too and that's part of the whole package but uh um, it's good i don't drink imperial beers i don't drink ipas 
I don't drink Imperial IPAs. I've had half a bottle of this. <laughs> um, I don't like so, that. Ben, I don't like you uh, doing this to me. <laughs> making a convert, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mouthfeel-wise, very obvious alcohol warmth here that goes down the back of the throat and warms, but it's not intensely hot. Medium carbonation, no obvious astringency. Um, you know, it, it, there's a little edge, you know, from the alcohol and everything that's going on here. Uh, but, you know, it, it's fairly smooth. Uh, it's so, you know, somewhat creamy. There's so much going on and you get the bite from the acidic malts that kind of attacks the, the palate. And, you know, mouthfeel-wise, I, I rated it a little lower just because it does have a bite and it's a little warmer than I would like it. Um, the, the flavor of the alcohol is, is quite good. Uh, you know, it's a little, a little sharp in the aroma alongside everything else. I don't know where the ABV is on this. If I had to guess, it might be like a 10, 10 and a half. I don't know, but uh, it's a big one. Now, overall, the beer has a great balance of hop to malt. I really like that. And it, it, it is, the elements are playing well together. And that, like, like Brian said, the hops aren't really clashing with the malt. It's, it's this, you know, usually you just get that, that rich, uh, the, the edgy carafe thing with the hop. And, and sometimes they clash a little bit, but this, the, the dark cocoa, like in this one, blending with the resiny hops, it actually works pretty well. It's, you know, playing a little more like maybe it was inspired by the Wookie Jack. I don't know, but, uh, you know, a little towards that way but it's a twist from that for sure uh could cool off the heat of the alcohol a little bit you know i'm sure you care for your fermentation this is obviously not an abused or a flawed fermentation going on but even a little higher pitch a little higher oxygen at first just to get it that fermentation a little happier and maybe bring the level of the alcohol down just a little bit it's got plenty here we don't need any more uh a little less wouldn't hurt. I always want more hops. So just, you know, increasing the hops even more. I know Brian and, and JP got plenty of that, but I always want more. It's, it, you know, I always want my no. black IPAs to smell like an IPA. I agree. They never you. do. It's no, just I, never... I, I agree. That's why I was yeah. a little, little bit more aroma hop might, might be welcome. As yeah. I, I let mine out sit, sit for a long time before I tasted it. And I think warming made that hop aroma come out more, but more hop aroma wouldn't be a bad bad thing at all. But yeah, I think that the maybe the conundrum you're having is like it's a it's a chocolate dark IPA, you know, a chocolate black IPA with rye. <laughs> uh, you know, if you refocus the malts, you really want to go for Imperial Rye IPA, back off the cocoa-like flavors, uh, whatever is in there making that. I wondered if you use like some chocolate rye malt or something in there. I don't want to guess in, ingredients, but there's something really chocolatey in there. And the rye is there. The, I would leave the rye level as it is, but if the rye is coming from a, a chocolate rye, you could pull that back a little bit and bring up the, the rye rye. <laughs> But, uh, you know, refocus the darkest malts. It's it's a really pleasant beer to drink. It's to me, it's very good, but it's just like there's a little balance issues and the, you know, appearance and the mouth, the mouthfeel could use a little bit of work. I landed at a 36. I wow, we're still blindly four points away, man. Like always. That's what did you give it, Char? Uh, 40. 40. Okay. What about you, JP? Um, <sighs> I wasn't gonna pour any more, but now I have to. <laughs> uh, let me let me get a little shot. Hoppy, hoppy beer, beer, hoppy, hoppy beer, beer. <laughs> yeah, I think a 36, 38. There is a creaminess. I do want it a little more, but then I forget it's a it's an imperial. So I don't really know. You know, if you gave me this, if you gave me to, to this thing, if you married me this beer, um, pre-smoke beer two-hour session. I, I would I would think about it. It's it's imperial, so it, I, I don't think it needs to be super you know cut and dry. Um, maybe that's a beer pun. Um, so it could be some creaminess. It could be some more sweetness. That's fine. Yeah, I would go forty. I would agree with Char. I think I would go forty. I do want a little more aroma. I want a lot more aroma. I want this to punch me in the dick with aroma. I would never have said that. <laughs>
usually. Um, I'll come over to your place and punch you in the dick tomorrow, man. Come on, what do you, what do you want? Wow, you want to touch me? Anyway, um, <laughs> with, yeah, with I, pants I, on, of course. I'm, want, I'm not gay. <laughs> I do want a little more aroma. I do want a little more aroma out of it. Um, and the the creaminess is. I don't know if this beer works as an Imperial Black IPA because there is a creaminess that I don't necessarily enjoy. It tastes good. You know what I mean? It's not a flaw fermentation wise or yeast wise or whatever, but there's, I, I think it's a recipe thing. I want a little more dry. And I think that, I think these beers drink better dry, especially the rye versions, because you, you want to help yeah. accentuate the rye. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying this as fact, and I want you guys to it's not as attenuated, yeah. not, not, a, not an attenuation issue, but maybe it's, yeah, I get what you're saying on that. Yeah. Yeah. Reducing should be slightly drier. Yeah. The alcohol would, would achieve that uh, just a bit because it's, it's very okay. alcoholic. Yeah. I mean, um, not parsley, but it's, it's. But it's, I tell you what, I love the flavor of the malt. I do agree with you, Cooper. I want a little more. I want actually a, kind of a lot more rye flavor out of this, or maybe it was Char that said it. Um, but the the way, Ben, that you have the hops and the malt working together, I, and I'm not just blowing smoke, <laughs> just to pull from the last episode. Um, wah, wah. But I I think it's a it's a it's a blend that you don't really see in this style very often, and I think that's what that this is what the style should be. Even though it's a 40, 40 beer for me, this is what the style should be. This is eighty yeah. percent there, maybe ninety percent to what I think. If 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 other breweries. Um, figured it out to this level, I think yeah. we'd see more of this style. And I'm I'm being yeah. completely yeah. sincere and, and slightly drunk about it. No, to me I, though, I, the, I agree the, I agree with you. I yeah. agree with you a lot. Of course you do. The, the only thing to me <laughs> is the, the thing in the nose. I want to keep my job. No. <laughs> my non-paying Dr. Homebrew job. Yes. Oh, yes. Cooper just called Shara simp. Oh, me, and I love it. No, I mean, it's just to me, the, th the it's the thing in the nose. It, like everything else, flavor wise, it's pretty good. Appearance wise, you know, the, the you yeah. clear it up or we, we messed that up. That's on us possibly. Uh, but in the mouthfeel, it's a little too, a little too um, alcoholic, just too, a little too yeah. sharp. Yeah. And the nose thing, I think it, it you know, it could still be a little acetaldehyde or something in there. There's so much else going yeah. on here. It's really hard to pick out things like a light acetaldehyde in a beer like this because yes. it's already a spicy beer. It's already got esters, you know, from the ale fermentation. It's got rich, you know, chocolatey things in the nose. And it's like, there's so much going on. There's, a lot. But there's, there's something a little sharp. It's not a phenolic, but I'm just, the only thing I'm going at is acetaldehyde, just a very light yeah. acetaldehyde possibly. Um, let's do this. Let's take a break. Uh, ben is talking way too much. I want him to calm down a little bit. Right. Um, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to chat with Ben about his beer and get some recipe and all that kind of stuff. So hang on, everyone. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. What's up, homebrewers? Hey, let me ask you a question. You spend a lot of time making your beer taste the way you want it to, right? Some of you even send beers into Dr. Homebrew for feedback. Well, the next logical step in your creativity is to craft some labels for those beers. And there's nobody better at creative labels than Grogtag. Their easy-to-use designs let you turn out some pretty amazing stuff like labels, bottle caps, coasters, even six-pack carriers with minimal effort on your part. They have a range of label sizes that fit any vessel you can think of. Bottles, cans, growlers, kegs. Grogtag has you covered. Head over to grogtag.com today and check out their line of amazing, fully customizable templates and get your beer looking its best. Grogtags are water-resistant, reusable, and will have your naked bottles looking great in no time. That's grogtag.com and be sure to use code BNARMY at checkout to save 10% on your order. Now, back to the examination. 
right. Thanks for hanging on, buddy. Ben, all right, you've had some time to reflect. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> anyway, what Absorb. do you? Yeah, what do you think about uh, the feedback and the scores? And what's your take on on the beer? And then let's talk about recipe and and see how we can do that. Yeah, no, I think you guys. Um, I, I like the feedback. It it a lot of the stuff kind of reinforced what I'm getting out of it, but also um, it's fascinating. You guys are incredibly consistent. The um, I sent you another version of this beer three years ago, maybe. Wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, well, welcome back. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, are you at a homebrew club? <laughs> no. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, we forgot about that. Yes. Yeah, not at a homebrew that. club. Um, but um, I, the changes in this version are like exactly the opposite of what you recommended last time. And, and <laughs> what did and, you say last time? Refresh us real fast. Um, you said make it hoppier and take the alcohol down. Oh, okay. That's which, weird. But and, and, and you didn't and the, do. And the instead, score, you dropped the hops and brought the alcohol. Up. Yeah. And and the score is as a forty pointer now. Yeah. Do the opposite but, of what we say at Doctor Hobrew no, exactly no, all the, the time. The score, the score went, went down. down. Okay. So you guys are consistent. You're you're hundred percent consistent there. Oh, um, love it. Love but it. But I don't know. The idea behind this beer wasn't really recipe driven. It was more. Um, I wanted to try a, a. I don't know what you call it. A double mash or whatnot. So you do a. You know, do Decaution. a mash. No, but uh, you the take part of the yeah, first runnings, last yeah, runnings. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So hmm. you take the wort from one mash and you use that to do a second mash. So okay. You're, you're, it's a way to get higher gravity if your mash tun isn't big enough. Essentially. That's advanced homebrewing for me. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yes. that actually hurts me to think about. We can't yeah. talk right. about that kind of concept on this Yeah, because I, I go like, <laughs> but how much sugar is in there? Then would you take that? Would you make a smaller right. beer from the first mash? Like, what, like, it's just a lot of moving parts in that. Well, that's too advanced for our listeners. We're going to have to move on. Yeah. There you go, Ben. You see, you got me. Yeah. No, but, um, but it was, I didn't really think too hard about the recipe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Fair um, enough. You know, a lot of it was for you, man. Yeah. A lot of it was driven just, I, I couldn't up the hops equivalent to what I did to the rest of the beer. So the hops went down a little bit and, and the gravity's high just because of the nature of what I was trying to do. So um, you guys want the recipe or? Yeah, yes, give it please. to us. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a five gallon batch. It And like I'm giving you cumulative totals. This was split in half between two mashes, but uh, 25 pounds of two row, six pounds of rye, uh, eight ounces carafa three, eight ounces caramel rye, eight ounces chocolate wheat. Um, and then an ounce wow. of warrior at 60 minutes and an ounce of citra at 45 minutes two ounces amarillo at 15 minutes an ounce of citra at 15 minutes and then two ounces each amarillo and citra uh, for a whirlpool and then dry hopped uh four ounces each amarillo and citra and what size batch five gallons okay wow that's a yeah, lot of hops. Amar- i love amarillo hops and they are so grapefruity citrus and i i'm definitely that that's the citrus that i'm getting mm-hmm. uh, from that and, yeah. and citra is a great hop too but i'm i'm i i remain i remember amarillo was a new hop <laughs> and, mm-hmm. but and, and now it's not quite a new new fancy yeah. hop but it is back it then so, it was like it was a sub for yeah. cascade if you, if you couldn't exactly. cascade bring in the amarillo Exactly. But Amarillo has such a wonderful grapefruit and citrus character that I'm not surprised that's what I'm getting right here. Yeah. So what I'm honing in on is the, uh, it it was the uh, caramel rye and the chocolate wheat. I agree. That's that's interesting because 
there this is for a really for a rye, for, for a black IPA, this has a lot more in the middle malt category. You know, like, again, I think of like malts as like a, a stereo, like equalizer is, uh, you know, the the low the, the, the lows are often like pulled all the way out where you get that, like you're listening to music and all you hear is the highs and the bass. And it's like, <laughs> this has the, the middle buzz to it, you know, like it's, it's equalized more flat, like maybe slightly scooped, but it's still, there's like something rich in the middle that's coming up where it's like, okay, there's some there. I didn't get like overt caramelliness but i got a lot of chocolate i got that morant's equalizer with that mid-range up all all the 10 and everything else kind of goes off the sides yeah the bell curve (laughs) exactly yeah yeah i've done it with with all carafa and well caramel ryan carafa and it comes out a little sharper a little more roasty and so i think the chocolate (laughs) wheat maybe rounds it out a little bit but it's still maybe more chocolatey than i'd like it to be i think the chocolate i I like i like the chocolate compared to the roast this should not be a roast beer I I like the chocolate here. Uh, Coop, what do you think? I think that the chocolate is bringing something to the table that is pleasant with the hops you have going on. But um, yeah, I don't know that you need the the caramel. Like you could just use straight rye Mm -hmm. alongside the the chocolate wheat. You know, maybe leave that at the same level or slightly lower. Use, you know, a little carafa. Just work with the way you use it too. Like a lot of times you just need to let the, the, the dark, darkest like dehusked malt just breathe on the the mash and it'll it'll get it dark enough <laughs> or, excellent point or sparks through it you know just like if you have a, a set of like, mm-hmm. i don't know if you're researching or what you're doing but like yeah just throw it on the top at the end of your mash and let it let it go give it the color yeah. there but not extract a lot of that rich harshness that you get from that that super burnt malt yeah yeah um just the interior of the malt the husks aren't the only thing that give it harshness um you know harshness but like dark malt level wise it's not it's not biting too hard like some of them do and no. that's one of the things that's really nice about this beer it's got the middle malt it's got the dark edge it's very dark it's plenty dark you could lighten that up you know by a quarter and it would still be plenty dark <laughs> but yeah just work on that the recipe and listen to our earlier advice damn it why did you <laughs> i'll stop here stupid yeah, early dr homebrew advice from three years ago damn it <laughs> yeah we're all yeah. Uh, clearly apparents right Take your like, original you recipe where it was we let you hops, make your own mistakes. Reduce the alcohol and <laughs> add in that nice chocolate wheat malt that you did. That's all you need to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, and and just so it started at eleven twenty. Jesus Christ! And oh, it, are it, you serious? Eleven twenty. It finished at about ten thirty. Oh, it did not. It did not feel that alcoholic. No. But man, this is probably what like a twelve percent beer. Eleven, thirteen percent. I think Beersmith says thirteen. God wow! Damn it! Yeah. My wife does is not taste hate me. that. That does not taste hot like that. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. I mean, maybe no, it doesn't. It doesn't got, because because this. of that creaminess in the middle. Like, man, if you're going for a beer yeah. like this, this is what you want to do. Exactly. I don't know how you got it that way, but it's because of that creaminess. I think blends in with that or actually i should say the the alcohol sweetness blends in with that creamy thing that you got going on where it hides it extraordinarily well yeah like ethanol can come off sweet or harsh at this level and you want it to be sweet and it comes off sweet and it blends with the malt so you don't it, it kind of sucks you in and without realizing it's 13 <laughs> percent uh you know so the, the the bad ones of this style are harsh and you're like oh god i know it's very strong i won't drink a lot this will suck you in. 
I, Absolutely. I, I noticed a little bit of the the, the pot. I, yeah, I, I yeah. judged it again before all the smoke <laughs> smoke beers. It's 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 very obviously alcoholic. Yeah. I was like 10, 10 and a half. No, it, yeah, okay. I was off there, but yeah. wow. It, it hides 13, it well, man. But well, well done. Noticeably, like noticeably, I get it more in the warming than I get it in the the flavor. And that might be the 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 spiciness I'm getting in the aroma combined with the rye, combined with the hops to make that kind of what I felt like might be acetaldehyde or something. But like there's a sharpness in that nose. It's just like, boom, this is there's something, some octane in here. Yeah. You know, Ben, I think it'd be good at brewing smoked beers. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> because you you have that, it, it's that, the, what I get from all these smoked beers from Schlinkerla is, uh, which is also easier to say as you drink more. Schlinkerla, how is it going to drink to Schlinkerla? Um, Schlinkerla. It's sort of like a creamy, blendy mouthfeel. Maybe not the Meritzen so much, but like everything else, like the Lint beer I'm drinking right now out of the can because I can't reseal it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I wonder, what is that? Do you think it is it his water? Did you treat your water at all? Uh, only a, the first mash. Oh, okay. Here's a question for you. So I do kind of mess around with my water from time to time. Um, and with... Dark beers, it seems like the general recommendation is just to make sure your your mash is at an appropriate pH, but you don't really need to acidify sparge water or any of that. But the finished pH of my beers comes out pretty high. Like I think this one might be right around five. Um, and so do you think that's contributing anything to the overall, you know, perception of the beer? So mineral, let's talk mineral wise and then acid wise. I think mineral wise, your 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 minerals seem to be at a at a pretty good level, there's something there accenting the um, the yeah, bitterness. My That's my normal sulfate. water, yeah, my normal water is pretty chloride heavy. It's pretty. Okay. It's it's probably two to one chloride to sulfate. Okay, and that might be what's lending it the the smoothness that you're getting here. You know, mm -hmm. that but. that might be to your benefit for this beer, right? Because darker sure. beers tend to benefit for waters that are more chloride heavy, right? Right, Coop? It's going to accent the malty sweetness yeah. that you have. And and that, you know, that's making the, if you had it, you added a lot of sulfate to it, it's going to get like chalkier and, and harsher and more biting. And that's going to make it seem much more bitter than it is, or, you know, or the bitterness that is there seem much more harsh than it is. So yeah, that acidity wise, I don't think it's like too acidic or too, it doesn't see, you know, I don't detect the high, the higher pH. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of acidity from the dark malts there. There. I don't know if you need to acidify your sparge water or anything there. It's probably fine. I'll keep that. I, I agree with that. I think, I think you're right. Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what do we think? Anything else? Ben, you got something else you want to work on or? Um, what do you think would this, what flavors, how do you, think this beer would change with age considering it's so big you know it probably could hold up but do, what flavors in there do you think will you know i this think if you age this beer it's going to taste really great but i think it'll be more of a barley wine i agree and i the i think that the, the, rye, the rye and if you want to make like a, a a hoppy like i'm making an imperial ipa you want it to be fresh and you want it to have that rye and that bitterness and that hops pop and i think if, if you age it it'll be fucking great so excuse me but i, I think it'll be great. two years from now this will be a great beer um, but i think you want to call this a barley wine at that point but I don't even Especially know. Especially at 13%. Yeah, I would be interested, honestly. Do you have more of this left in bottles, Ben? 
I have a little bit in a keg. Which... I would please bottle some, like maybe yeah, even just two or three. It. Bottle it now and, and save yeah. it. And Seriously. even just even just like send us an email on how it changes. Yeah. And I would yeah. I would keep it for a year. Don't touch it. Yeah, yeah. Because I, in my opinion, years, I think even. it would be it would be too the the too much roast. I think it would be over the classification of a barley wine. Mm-hmm. But I think it would still be very, very good. Well, it's the, already kind of sweet and and creamy mm-hmm. and whatever. And like I feel like I don't know. I think it would be good, but I don't think it would be barley wine. I think it'd be a whole different thing. I don't know. Cooper, I just worry that it's going to go too quick for towards soy sauce if you mm-hmm. leave it too ah, long. Okay. After, after six be. months, it might start going in that direction because all that dark grain and stuff. There like is that. there is umami, umami here already. The umami can go yeah. soy and soy means it's too old. Maybe in well, a year, in a call keg, it barley wine and enter it. You know. Yeah. If it's in a keg, it's probably less prone to that because if it's in bottles there's going to be more oxygen you're going to have a problem with that but in the keg you might just let that keg sit taste it in a few months see where it's going and say okay do i want to drink this now or let it go another few months and taste it again yeah if you were a commercial brewer i would say if it went soy sauce just use the soy face meme as your label and then that's Uh, perfect uh, marketing (laughs) i was actually surprised no one's done it um i had a question and i fucking lost it how old is this beer uh it is from, I don't know if that's accurate. My notes say it's from fe- the end of February. Wow. So this is like a four four month old beer. Nice. Well, well done, man. There's there's no ox. I, I got no oxidation. I got no off flavors. Yeah. It's a 13%. Yeah. I, I think some, How? like JJP says, age, put put a bottle or two on the shelf for a year. Just curiosity. And just see what happens. Don't send yeah. it to us. Just yeah. do it for yourself, man. And, and okay. do you guys think this is in the correct category as it is now? It's in specialty yes. IPA, right? I guess. So oh, that, yeah, that can be anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think well, it you is. Define it as it is. It, there's a lot going on here. Imperial, rye, black <laughs> IPA. There's you, a lot going on here. Yeah. And it it has all those things. It's definitely imperial. There's definitely rye here. Is yeah. there definitely, definitely rye? Black. Can, you, can you taste the rye? Like if he if he yeah. if he omitted the word rye out of this, would you I, notice? I taste I taste the rye. I I, I, I taste the rye. Okay. I, I, I smell the rye more than I taste it. There's maybe a com- of it in there. Yeah. It may be a combination <laughs> of the yeah, the alcohol with the rye that's there, but it's there's definitely spiciness <laughs> spiciness to it. But I think if you lighten up the some of those middle mm-hmm. malts a little bit, it's gonna let that rye shine a little better mm-hmm. and just get some of that, yeah. you know, it you don't have to scoop the equalizer out so it's just you know like metallica, but you know, uh, go for Guns and Roses, yeah, you'll be fine. Nice. You might maybe brew this in November in a cold November rain. There you go. And then French kiss a woman for four hours in the video. Like, you Perfect. Know, yes. Exactly. In the yeah. desert by some church in Ansel Adams. So that, that's good. Yeah. Um, all right. That's well, Ben, if, if that's yeah, if that's it. Uh, if that's it, uh, we'll let you go. I'm good. We'll Thanks, guys. All right, brother. Ben, ben Thanks, thank ben. you for sharing your beer with us. We really appreciate yeah, it. Thank send you. Send us another yeah. one in another yeah. less than three years from now, please. Yeah, <laughs> please do. And we'll see you, I think, next show whenever we record that for you. You have a Blondale coming up. Are you going right. to Hobercon? Yeah. And then, Are you going to no, no. No. Oh, okay. All right. Good. Next time. I'll try to I'll try to listen to your advice next time on how to (laughs) please do. All right. All right. right, Take it easy. We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back and we have a commercial beer to drink. And so hang on, everyone. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. 
homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com. Hey, all right, welcome back, everybody. We are on the second segi here of the show, and we are going to be drinking, um, a, I don't even want to say an IPL because I'm afraid I'm going to vomit. Um, I don't know why. Don't, there's don't like, vomit. There's well, the, maybe, maybe, maybe you maybe. should. That, that's like good podcasting, right? Yes, yes definitely. Well, it does say India Pale <laughs> Lager on the can, so. Well, and I know a Koopa, Koopa Loop is, uh, is very sensitive because this is a beer from Altamont. And, uh, you know, we love the Altamont guys. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, this is not a disparaging remark on the Altamont boys at all. Uh, but Cooper is very protective of Altamont. And uh, so I like to make fun of him for it. There's just, just another because. brewery. That's fine. No, There's don't. No, when you were guys. here and you told me this is an IPL and I laughed in your face, you, you dropped to one knee and wept. You're like, yeah, please, sir, please don't comment this about it. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to. Don't hate and on the beer before you taste it. I held you and I draw, dried your eyes, and uh, I said it's going to be okay, <laughs> my little cherub. Wow, this is this no. is the show, huh? No, um, is- IPL for one of those reasons, and I, I, I'm not alone in this. Is I, it, it's a, it's a weird style designation that never really caught on. That was kind of weird. No. Yeah. Um, and it Maybe didn't, that. yeah, it was just weird. And it sort of like fell apart And the cold yeah. IPA. And there's been some debate whether or not cold IPA is well, it just an IPL or not. And, and no. I, I don't think that it is. Here's the thing. IPL, yeah. you know, it, it came out as basically a, a, a lager version of any brewery's IPA. It's like, oh, well, let's do our IPA as a lager and just, uh, you know, use lager yeast and we'll ferment it cold and lager it for one week yeah. or two weeks and add the same amount of hops and da 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 da. So just the lager version of an IPA recipe. And sometimes those come out just tasting like a little flat, a little thin. That's like not, there's just, it's, it's a, it's a lager, but not designed as a lager. And they take longer to make and it's a pain in the ass for breweries. And then, you know, they're fermented cold. The owners hate it is they hop it up use the same amount of hops 
And, you know, the IPAs had already become a little lighter in color. So there wasn't like you had to lighten it up to make it a, a, a lager or something. It was just kind of there. And they share a lot of characteristics with modern IPAs, just without the as much of the fruity esters. Same hop. It, it's same kind beer. of like we, we had a black IPA, uh, the first segment of the show. Black IPA and IPL were both things that didn't, they had merits and they were good beers, but they never quite caught on. And cold but, IPA yeah. is yes. maybe a way to rebrand IPL in a way, in, in a world where okay. everyone wants IPA, you can make an IPL, you call it a cold IPA. And I get there's differences in, in, the, in the process. And that's, I, I, I understand that. But for the, the community of consumers at large, to get a cold IPA makes more sense to them than an IPL. Does, do you, yes, you get what I'm saying? I do. Here's here's what I think that makes sense, and I'll try to decipher what you just said. But <laughs> IPL, is- I, I don't. I'm not always the clearest person in the world. Okay. Yeah. Unlike this beer, by the way. I mean, that's pretty clear beer. It is pretty clear. It's light yeah. and clear. And it smells just, amazing. Yeah. It, you know, honest. I mean, I'm going to interrupt you, Cooper, because it's been that morning. Um, yeah. That is a lot lighter of a color than I would have expected from a beer called cold IPA or IPL or whatever. It's very pale. This is like Bud Light pale, which is very impressive yeah. to get that color. Agreed. For With sure, that yeah. aroma, like it's, I mean, it, it's a very approachable beer. Yeah. And, and well, actually, I mean, IPL or IPA, IPAs had already lightened up quite a bit as you know we we came from tasting ipas that were like you know rich amber color half the time and you know sometimes towards like gold all the but, caramel malts back in the 90s are the throwback ipa yeah and they got lightened up into the 2000s and they were already there and then along came you know some of these breweries like altamont and some of them was a brew that you know the more modern ipa interpretation um and they were already light enough where you just like so you make an ipl it's light light color you know light in mouthfeel like it's not it's a, a a crisp and uh refreshing beer it's low low body you know light bodied but so that you know a lot of them just added took lager lager yeast and added the lager yeast lagered it at cool temperatures what i the problem i had with some of the earlier ipls was that you would get so much sulfur in the beer because from the lagering and it would start to fight with the hops and uh, oh, totally agree with you that that's exactly right and like okay it's a lager without the pleasant qualities of lager it wasn't lagered long enough to get all those sulfurs to kind of back out and mellow out with just one or two weeks of lagering or whatever they would use so but, sulfur um, and hops don't play well together yeah, typically. it's like an eggy hop okay great i, I, what, I don't know what Ooh, to do with eggy that. oh it's an eggy hop i want that in a beer i want to drink eggs and hops yeah no yeah. no not at all <laughs> right i mean they, they had plenty of emphasis on late hopping so there was enough to cover up some of that you know some of the new hop fries that had come out that you know they would lean a little more tropical sometimes india pale lager but so you know that's one thing and they, they would you know they're probably use like you know corn sugar to lighten up the body uh get it to ferment out nice and dry like an ipa should be okay so what's the difference between ipa ipl cold ipa to me yeah they're all served cold that's the common thread yeah, but, yeah. well um, and that's really the point of what of our segment right now is like what figuring out the difference cold? is and figure out what this is because cooper when you brought this you know you you were very much explaining like it it's branded in both 
Well, I made a whole presentation right? for my club called "What the Hell is Cold IPA?" But yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, right. what the but hell? I, I get, yeah. I get some, I get some dankiness in the aroma. I get a little, little fruitiness, which I, I think is a flavor. lot of Altamont's signature. Like they, yeah. they were, they were our, like the local brewery around here that was able to pick up on that and sort of like run with that. Yeah, they, they as like their the predominant dank, flavor. The Altamont. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Uh, and uh, yeah, so hops wise, I, I believe they're using uh, Citra and Summer hops, but uh, it's you know. This is the beer that they released every year. This was their their initial uh, IPL that they brewed, and they named their other beers, um, you know, uh, Fuel Series. And they like Freedom Fuel was released around the Fourth of July. We're leading up to the Fourth of July here, and um, it was, you know, they put it out every every season as we're getting towards that, yeah. um, and just have some fun with it. But they they started brewing other. In the fuel series, they would add single hop fuel fuel beers, and you know, make the IPL with just Citra or you know what have you but uh this one they're starting to call it a cold ipa and i think that it was brewed before cold ipa became you know came into vogue or became even a thing and when wayfinder you know uh created their cold ipa but uh what what happened was they you know the cold ipa was developed and started making the malt bill a little more like a like a standard lager like a a, a adjunct laden uh you know rice or, or you know cornflake flaked adjunct laden beer yeah. that would lighten up the body without adding a lot of flavor and lighten up the color and just keep everything out of the way of the hops pretty much and instead of just taking up ipa and brewing it as a you know in a colder temperature with lager yeast you could still use lager yeast but you could brew it towards an ale temperature at 60 degrees or you could use a Kolsch yeast and brew it you know in low 60s or wherever you want to you know your yeast is going to be happy without kicking out a lot of weird flavors and have it just be kind of neutral like a Kolsch is light and crisp and you get a little bit of hop in a Kolsch and you can really taste it it's still a malty beer generally uh but on the ipl side it's you know you get that too much sulfur because it's just fermented a little too cold whereas cold ipa it's fermented kind of in that middle zone where it's like okay this is an ale it still plays as an ale ipa ale but it's you know it's cold ipa it's a little cooler fermented and it has that that i call it like an american standard lager grist on steroids because you're just using it's like usually they're boosted up to about seven percent so you saw you know fairly substantial alcohol presence you have a you know a lot of hops there same amount of hops or even more than you would with an ipa driven even more towards the whirlpool and the dry hop additions and just accent that you want the sh- the hops to shine through and that's all you're really trying to do yeah uh, hops are on steroids yeah <laughs> yeah so you know, just reducing the fruitiness and get rid of that sulfury character and that's what cold ipa is striving to do and yeah the, the sulfur that comes from I, I think I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you at all, all Coop, but I think part of the thing with cold IPA versus IPL is the uh, avoidance of that sulfur from lager yeast and perhaps trying to do more of a like a steam beer type of thing where you're taking ale yeast down to a lower than ale yeast temperature. So you don't generate sulfur, but you have more of a lager like you know, quote unquote character uh, to it. Am, am I, am I right in my the, discussion? The, you want the crispness of the lager. You want that like nice, like 
quenching quality of it, you know, with a little more alcohol, it's, it's, and the alcohol helps it play more like an IPA because all IPAs these days are up towards 7%. Otherwise you're a pale ale, you know, well, we double IPA is 9%. Come yeah, on. Triple is like 14, 11, yeah. 13. It's another reason to stay away from them. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just designed to be a hop delivery mechanism. So, you know, Kevin Davey from Wayfinder started this style, uh, you know, which I interviewed on the session a couple of years yeah. ago. You go check I mean, that out. Like, to go right. I remember that. It's a good, good show. Thanks. I don't know what uh, the year he, it was like five or so years ago, I think. Yeah. But, you know, the cold IPA recipe, it's, you know, it's U.S. grown high nitrogen pale malt rice flakes or rice flour. And, you know, just a, a little bit of bittering hop in the boil kettle or isomerized hop extract. You could use, you know, um, so, I mean, they give their recipe. You can find it um, if you search for it. And, uh, you know, there's there's magnum for bittering and uh, isomerized extract. Uh, Look, mosaic and centennial yeah. mosaic and centennial again in the whirlpool you know so and then you know for, fermented at like medium actually like more like 65 some of them ferment at 60 cold ipas but yeah you know. i just blended uh some of the lint beer from uh from schlinkerla <laughs> into this wait you, fucking you delicious. Blend it? that's like coop's job <laughs> yeah, man it's fucking delicious man we're i would never <laughs> blend that it's uh, so good it's okay. so delicious you take that lenten beer which is already a blend you blend that into something else dude that's like cooper territory i'm opening my own brewery now uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's almost uh, like a bigger version of um uh what's that Paul uh, Groditsky. Yeah. You'll do, do yeah. nothing but but Groditskys and Miles and call it I Hate Everything Brewery. Yeah, and I would be open for about four <laughs> I seconds. I love your, your plan. It's, it's yeah, a good plan. The, I'm gonna, the I'm bank come, took yeah. me over. I meant to ask Matthias <laughs> about Groditskys and like the, oh. the smoked beers like coming up these oh, days. Dude, I bet we I would have get loved him back to talk on. to him over that, but oh my God, that guy was two, two and a half hours of straight knowledge. Yeah. It is a, it is a we'll trend back these on. days. Yep. Smoked beers. Anyway, go ahead, Cooper. Sorry. Rice rice flour, which seems like it would be hard to add. So you add it in the mash. You but probably you, have to use more, um, yeah, I don't know, right? Do you want to use something with yeah. it? Yeah. Would you use like straight up flour, you know, whatever kind, wheat or barley or whatever? Would you use that in the mash? Would you do that or would you just stick to the grain as a as a brewer i i agree with you i'd be worried about that yeah. uh, just why not use just rice flakes and keep it simpler yeah well you know and that and that sort of like leads me to our discussion i just published a couple of days ago the um mexican lager episode that we did where we talked about our mexican lager recipe and i emailed chris graham um and you know he said uh because i was specifically talking about heritage corn yeah and uh you know i was like i'm looking for flaked heritage corn and he goes i'd never heard of that you know and he goes it's probably somewhere but i don't know where it is and I, you know I, I wonder if the i bet in the next five years we're going to see more of more like rice more heritage corn different there's, flavors there's a as website these you get like that black that like that bloody butcher corn the bloody butcher is the only yeah. one yeah it's an it's arizona corn and that's like it's like super arizona local Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link to that. It, it's is it flaked? I'm not sure if it's flaked. You might have to buy it and flake it yourself. Yeah, we were right. Yeah, to do a cereal mash or whatever. Yeah, but but I, I I think it's interesting. I think it comes from the distilling side, where they're trying to oh, yeah. to find a little more a little more character. And I wonder if we're going to get that on the rice side too. And you know, I think in the next five or ten years for these adjuncts, I think it's going to be kind of interesting flavor wise. It's well, a great point. I think you're right because lagers starting to make a somewhat of a craft beer comeback. It's never going to be you know the big the biggest seller but people that are serious about craft brewing and doing a great job of brewing want to go back to lager and part of how do you make a craft lager 
is the ingredients and the ingredients of the indigenous like western midwestern corns it's not just bloody bloody butcher right there's a, a hundred different things but bloody butcher is the one that's kind of become the like, like a higher volume mm-hmm. i i totally agree mm-hmm. that we'll, we'll see like these heritage you know, indigenous corns and rice from the u.s make a comeback in, in beer yeah I don't know. yeah so did did chris look at our recipe at all and are you just like oh okay you need heritage corn what no, what's just, wrong with you yeah i was just chatting with them okay. uh you know yeah. to see um they're going to sponsor us by the way just a heads That's up cool. and uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and Shout just, out to morebeer.com go buy your ingredients from there that's right and i was just chatting with him I was like yeah I'm just this is kind of what i'm into just to see if he maybe has heard something or whatever because that's how it starts right you go to your homebrew shop and you ask him for the weird shit and then they ask the yep. distributors and that's how it eventually happens so yep. he said no i don't know man you would yeah. hope maybe yeah <laughs> well uh what do you guys think about this specific beer i like it i, I like yep. it a lot i think i give i give this a solid 40 in the 40 38 40 range okay yeah i would th- i'm thinking 36 because it does ride that line it doesn't know if it's a lager yep. or or an ale and i and it's like hopped like an ipa but it's a little creaminess yeah, yeah. it's it's crisp um, and dry it's not too hot yeah. it's like a six percenter yeah and that's um, no, that's where i that's the problem i have it's a six percenter and you're you're putting it out and first of all freedom fuel like come on dude i know livermore has turned into this like it's like fox motocross fucking Mar- you know, marketing, flat build hat you know area it's, it's marketing dude it is, but it's I like I think it's a little tongue in cheek, JP. I hope yeah, so. I mean, I'm sure it is. It's marketing, right? But um, <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't know. I feel like it's at six percent. It's too much. If you drop that to five percent, if you drop that a whole percentage, it'd be fucking awesome. Well, it's like it's gonna you got to go a, up a percent or down a percent. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it can be like, like yeah. It's a, yeah. I mean, most cold IPAs are like seven percent, and yeah. this one's like I don't know. six, like pushing up towards that. But yeah, I, I most pale ales. I don't know. Would it be a pale ale? No, I, I, I think it would still be different. I mean, he's got a lot of loggers there in the the high fours, low fives. That's right. And you just, it, in, in my opinion, a pale or a, a, a cold IPA should be a logger that's hopped like an IPA, but also seven percent. Yeah. I don't think it should be seven percent though. That's well, my maybe. I guess that's my I, problem. I think six six should be good. Because I I'm, think I, I'm okay with a six percent IPA. Okay. Because yeah. if for me IPAs are too alcoholic for lagering, and you know lagers kind of smooth everything out and make it easy drinking, and I feel like to protect the consumer, which sounds stupid. It shouldn't be that high because it, it is very easy drinking. It's very You're easy all about drinking. protecting the consumer, JP. I am, okay. but. I mean, already I haven't had a I haven't had a sip in a couple a couple minutes, and I I can feel the burn in my throat. I can feel the alcohol coming up mm-hmm. as I'm breathing, and it, I I don't like that aromatic. I don't like that you, sensation. Yeah. One more thing you smoke, don't like: you mixed in the Lent beer. I mean, that also might be it too. I mean, it's it's a very well made beer. I, do, I, I you know again yep. caveats applied. I do not mean to shit on Altamont or whatever. No, uh, totally not only agree. are they nice people, but they were instrumental in the East Bay craft beer movement. And they continue to be, and they make solid, oh, yeah. solid beer. Hundred um, percent, totally, yeah. totally agree. A cold so IPA sort of needs to be defined a little bit more. Um, I've had yeah. the I've had the Wayfinder beers, which were unbelievably awesome. I think they're in Portland. They're in Portland, yeah. Yeah, go there. It's it's right at the source. It's great. Yeah. The one from two one a the cold brewer a brewer die cold yeah. IPA. 
very very good as well we should, phenomenal yeah. beer I, I love that beer yeah which i like one. because it's it's a little more smooth than this one yeah. it's a little less alcohol and that's what i that's what i enjoy about it um, you know yeah. sully knows how to make new styles and to evolve with time and you know he sully's always making amazing stuff yeah but i will say the hop character on this beer is very good i yes. do like it it's is very it, yeah, approachable yeah. Uh, Mosaic, oh, I guess it's on their website, it says Mosaic, Alvarado, and Strata. Sometimes they might change up their hops a little bit, but uh, I found another description that said something about Citra well, and Sama. Yeah, on hops, their can but... it says Citra, Mosaic, and Eldorado. Yeah, Citra, Mosaic, Aldo. The, the early Mosaic to me taste, smelled and tasted like feet, kind of like Simcoe was like cat pee early on. Mosaic, these uh, after that first year, oh my God, Mosaic has that great blueberry character, and I totally get that here. But on the you website, get that blueberry, it says, you get the, the bitterness. It's a strata hops and i'm still i uh, you know there's so many hop varieties you know coming out all the time but yeah. and i'm you know it takes yeah. a while to to kind of get what each one is i'm working strata is great for blending it's not a great mm, strawberry it's not it's, it's not in in, in the it's not a lead role that's the best supporting actor right mm. as far as i'm concerned for strata i'm working on um on uh getting some yakima chief guys on the show to talk nice. to us a little bit about what's going yeah. on whatever so um yeah it's uh, you know we're gonna do a little more hop a little more ingredient stuff here in the near future nice um all right. yeah let's yeah. do that all right let's get out of here let's leave end the show yeah yeah no, we're gonna I end the show guys i, I want to talk with you guys for <laughs> you know, all we've day. been doing it come on since uh, sunday let's just hang out 9 45 yeah it's 1 40 right now <laughs> we're gonna get out of here i need to actually eat lunch that's oh, yeah food, food might be good at some point yeah. i don't know yeah anyway uh thanks everybody for listening i i can't imagine to uh, uh i don't know i can't even figure the words anymore uh if you want to be on the show if you want to enter a beer just like ben did email brian at the brewing network.com and uh we'll take whatever you got whatever you want to make with an eye. yeah that's fine whatever you want to do uh we'll you know we'll drink it and shit like that Sake, wine, anything if you ferment from something, we'll yeah. we'll drink it and maybe die. You know, don't kill. Hopefully, try to die. Kill us. Yes, hopefully, yeah. yeah. Try and kill Doctor Homebrew. That's the new evolution of the show, where you you send us beer that you haven't actually sanitized with five star chemicals or cleaned or anything, and try to murder us. Try to yes. overload our sensories. You can't. You can't yeah, kill yeah. me, motherfuckers. You can. Uh, you bring it. Try yeah, your try best. It. Yeah, pussy. Try it. <laughs> try it. Try to kill me. I'll only get stronger. Edit all this out. This is nope. horrible. Absolutely not. Um, all right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And until uh, next time, we'll see you later. Good night.